Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. Ooh, yeah. Bing is for doing. It is for doing. And what are we doing, Stephen? We are doing another American Horror Story after show here at AfterBuzz TV for the year 2013. Woo-hoo, lucky 13. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for joining us another year consecutively on our American Horror Story AfterBuzz after show. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, that's right. How do you feel? What's going on? We've been gone for three weeks. We are back. And good to see you, man. Yeah, I mean, this guy has been so depressed he couldn't even shave since yeah. he's seen you guys. <laughs> I did not. I literally <laughs> did not shave since our last episode. But it's coming off this weekend. And if you guys are watching us on AfterBuzzTV.com, I am double-fisted. Yes. Or double-fisting. Double-fisting. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little bit too much there. Um, yeah, so you didn't shave tonight because obviously if you shaved, it would have been a bloody face on camera. Wah, wah. Marissa, you got the little... Yeah, she does. Uh, I think we just did. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I was honestly like thinking about opening up the show with like JC Wacy, Fofacy, <laughs> Banana Nana, Fofana. You know that stupid song? Let's quit while we're behind, Stephen. Dude, I really, I really hated that sequence in this in this episode. What, what, what's that? The when uh, when Sister Jude walks up to the jukebox and has this whole psychedelic trip out. And the name game. Then yeah, when we go the name game with uh, with. Uh, What's his name? Going all glee on us again. <laughs> okay, well, we can talk about that, actually. And before, we should let the fans know that, it, of course, that you're watching American Horror Story Asylum After Show, Season 2, Episode 10, titled The Name Game. Yeah. But there's a reason why that scene was written, written for Jessica Lang. Actually, she wanted a song and dance number. And he, Ryan himself, he was interviewed on Entertainment Weekly, and we'll get to that later tonight. That he didn't, he wasn't even thinking about Glee when he wrote the episode out. Hmm. He he was not thinking about that when he did that little, the, the the that little song that you just tried to sing. Tried, failed. So, overall, okay. So let's start. What did you think? You, let give us your best shot because we both have very strong feelings. That's why we need fans to call us tonight at four two four two five six seventeen twenty nine because we're diehard super fans, but. This season, Steven, what's going on? Especially last night. Oh, just this this season. I've, you know, I've been on and off with it. I've had episodes where I'm just like, yeah, and then I've had episodes right. where I'm like, and eh. this episode, I was like, yeah, but why? Okay. And that was my whole reaction because I mean, you look at the first season. You take, um, you take a house. There are ghosts. People die on the property, so they're there in the house. Mm-hmm. You take this, where they have an asylum that's run by a church. Okay, so then there's demons. Okay, so then there's aliens. Okay, so then there's Nazis and monsters. Okay, so then there's, like, even more, like, crap with the aliens with the abductions and stuff. And then they, in this episode, they kill the monsters completely. I mean... Did you feel shortchanged, perhaps? 
because all the buildup for them just for Arden being wiped out, the monsters being wiped out, just like that. Oh, yeah, and if you haven't watched the episode, don't listen to this after show because we're about to blow your minds with, like, what happens at the very end of this episode. Three, two, one. Okay, yeah, so Arden and Eunice, of course, die in the episode. Ugh. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It's like the whole beginning of the thing was, t- was like, going with the monsters and stuff and, like, what are these monsters? Like, who are they? What are they going to do? Oh, Shelly gets turned into a monster, and then, like, nothing really falls back on the asylum from that so far. And then he just kills off all the monsters, and then there's, like, that's it. And then, now they're moving more towards the aliens. It's like they keep picking up storylines that make us want it to go somewhere, and once we get involved in the storyline, they just drop it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what they have to do, because they have five storylines with this one show. Well, five, uh, five themes, not storylines. And... I don't know. It's kind of disappointing to me. I, I, I like the first season more with keeping it with that one storyline and expanding upon it as opposed mm. to putting a cluster of them in and then dropping them as they decide what needs to be dropped. And before we get any hate mail or things like that, it's not that we dislike this. Absolutely. I, I still think season one is one of the best seasons of any show yeah, I've ever great. seen. Absolutely loved, loved, loved it. Could it be just a little bit of a sophomore jinx, maybe because of the size and scope that Ryan wanted to use this season for the show? You know, you always try to outdo yourself season two. Then season three, you know, you get back to the basics. I think that it's called the sophomore jinx. If, you know, any football fans out there or any sports fans, you, maybe they were just a little too ambitious in, in this That's season. what it feels like. Yeah. It, okay. it definitely feels like they were too ambitious. They wanted to put too much into it. And with, with how much they put into this one, I feel like they could have taken a lot of the good stuff that they dropped from this one randomly and credited into season three and had some really cool stuff in season three. Mm-hmm. And the time to actually expand upon it like they did in season one and make it really cool. Mm-hmm. This one is just, I like the bloody face storyline. I like, I liked the whole Arden storyline and I like the d- demon storyline. I think they should have kept with those three. I don't mm-hmm. think they needed the monsters anymore. Like they didn't even need them after they had those storylines. Well, I know we were going to talk about Arden at the end. Well, we'll save it for the end because I have a theory on why the monsters were dropped so quickly. Okay. And, and, because at first I felt a little gypped too. You know, but in the last few hours, I've been, I've, of course, I'm ruminating and pondering about what does it mean, you know, and, and I, there's a reason why it happened. There's a reason why the monsters were dealt with so quickly, and we'll get into that a little bit later once we get into the Arden stuff. But now my, my impressions of the episode, you, you weren't happy with the, uh, the offing of Arden. I was devastated when they got rid of Eunice. Eunice has been my absolute favorite character this season. Absolutely love Lily Lily Rabe's portrayal. I think she deserves an Emmy. I think she was. I, I thought she was fantastic. You know, compared to the, her first season's character, this season she she was the pulse. I think she was the. Se- I know that she wasn't the center story, mm-hmm. but she to me she felt like, you know, the first half of the season it was um, Sister Jude. Yeah, and then now it just became all about Eunice, and I am I'm because sa- she was my favorite character. I'm sorry, and for, I don't know what they're going to do the, the next... We still have three episodes left. What are they going to do? You know they've got... S- they have something planned. Yes. But with... with I mean, to me, the whole storyline pillars of... Whole, the, the load-bearing pillars of the series were Threadson, Arden, and Eunice. Mm-hmm. And they just basically took two of them out, so now we have like everything leaning on Threadson, so I'm wondering what's going to happen that will make it interesting without the whole story falling apart when two of the most interesting characters are dealt with so easily and we said this before the end of the episode last season we're like well we have some news that they're gonna kill off a few few big characters and i was just uh i wish they were killing off somebody else yeah my theory was wrong because i had picked it up on a board and people were um dming me asking me who's the the big character that was going to die this episode and And you thought it was jude i thought it was jude i had read that it was going to be jude so another red herring so and you thought kit was dead but I, I personally thought that kid was dead. And yeah. I, I didn't read that. I just thought that he might be dead. But, you know, now that we, you know, we've, you've gotten our overall views, let's dive into the actual episode. You know how it went. I, it's hard for me to go to A to Z. But before we do that, if you guys are watching us live, hello. But remember, also, make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Click. Let us know what you think. Let us know what changes or if you're liking what we're doing. Because all this content is free. We do everything from Idol, The Voice, Mad Men, Walking Dead, American Horror Story at no charge to you but all we ask is for you to just subscribe and comment it really helps us and it keeps the lights on so with that said 
Let's talk about it. Let's 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 get into who are we going to talk about tonight. Um, first off, <clears throat> let's go off and just let's finish out the whole storyline with Kit and Lana real quick. Okay. Just because we can jump through all that before we get into the juicy stuff and all that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to hold back, Steven. Ah, okay. Okay, so. Of course, we open up with Arden waking Kit up off the table, because that's where he left off. Kit, Mm -hmm. dead, technically, on the table. And he lies to Kit, telling him that there's no no aliens, it didn't work. And Kit seems more devastated by this than I thought he would, Mm -hmm. because I think Kit thinks that bad things are going to happen, because it was his only way out, basically. Mm -hmm. Arden was going to help him if he helped Arden with what he wanted to find. And it kind of seems funny that Arden... Pulls another Nazi double cross on that, and see, and that that was in, and it's great that you said that because you see all these opportunities for Arden to make good, mm-hmm. to make the right choice, and he doesn't. And once again, he doesn't. So, and I think I'm sure that was done on purpose. Oh yeah, just, you know. So, you know, with Kit, now this supports your theory. You had a theory a few weeks ago, but that bloody face was uh, was the devil. Right, because he goes into the baby, into one of yeah, them. into Lana's baby. Lana's, but what if it's Kit's baby? That's true. The reason I'm saying that is because um, I know it, it's it's kind of hard to stay on just Kit without. No, no, we're we're doing just what follows Kit. So go for it. Yeah. Well, when um, the Monsignor, of course, tosses Eunice off of the ledge, you know, off the off the staircase. There's ample time for, you know, like in the first in the first few episodes when the demon went into Eunice's soul. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking maybe she went, the, the demon went into Kit's baby, supporting your theory. Or she went into the Monsignor's because early, um, I'm, I know I'm jumping here, but she said she has his body and soul, Monsignor. She said, she, I have your, your body and your soul. Um... I'm sorry, guys, if I'm jumping a little, but it's hard not to because it's also intertwined. I think that's more like she took his virtue, which is his soul, okay. is what she meant. I don't, the reason I don't think that it's Kit's baby is because the reason I believe it's uh, Bloody Face's ba- is uh, Lana's baby is because it's, it's Dylan McDermott in the future. And that's the reason he's doing the murders as Bloody Face, because I'm a fan of your work, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is that for the demon that Lana is, I mean, not Lana, um, Eunice is... In the scenes, she doesn't know about the aliens. Eunice is, is oblivious to the fact of Pepper returning. She's oblivious to the fact of Grace returning and the baby itself. So I don't think there's any chance of that baby being Eunice at this point. Thank you. Um, okay. Well said. But then, of course, uh, we see Kit comes back in there and Lana like, comes up to him, hugs him. That was a good moment for me because, of course, earlier in the season... She wants nothing to do with Kit. She wants nothing to do with Kit. Now they, it's like they, they do have that camaraderie there. Mm-hmm. It is emotional when she hugs him. And then they're like, but Threadson's back. And that's, when, and that's about the time Oliver Threadson walks in. That's when the fish hits the shan, yeah. Yeah, the fish hits the shan. And he's, he's such an arrogant prick. He just sits down with him and he smokes a cigarette and grabs it. And he's like, oh, I'm glad you grabbed that. I, a few seconds later, I would have bushed blundered you over the head with it. Right, right. He thought Lana was going to hit him with it. Yeah, But that, that's consistent with his character. Yeah, he's, of course. He's just such a cold, calculating, just um, would you, a sociopathic just person that he is. And, and he's consistent. That's great. I, I love that about Threads. And, and, but there wasn't a lot. Did a lot happen with Kit this episode? Well, no, but what I'm getting into with Threadson is what they're setting up for the rest of the series between those three characters. Okay. In that... Um, Threadson lays it out that he can't hit, he can't, he won't hurt Lana because she has the baby inside of him, and he can't really do anything to Kit because Kit has the evidence against him that where Lana knows where it is too. So then his idea is to use the sodium pentothal to use a truth serum on Kit to find out where it is. He finds out where it is, and Lana had moved it. So now Kit's off on his thing, finds Grace, while. Well, because Arden found, uh, no, because uh, Threadson found Arden's lab, finds Grace inside, and is like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And introduces Kit to that, says, this is your baby, and he uses the baby as leverage for Kit to give up where the uh, where he hid the tapes, mm-hmm. because he didn't have the sodium pentothal, which right. I think I must have just said that he used it, but no, I don't mean that. Um, and then it l- turns out that Lana has him, so now she has the upper hand, and then we see... At the very end, what Jude says to Mother Superior about Lana, 
get her out of here. Okay, with that said, if I were, how can Mother Superior actually believe what's coming out of Lana's mouth? Because if you listen to the, her earlier statements, she, she'd been fried. Well, what, uh, what's interesting that they're doing somewhat in the show is uh, insanity has lapses of lucid, lucidity. Mm-hmm. So when Sister Jude is literally saying these random things that don't make any sense, jumbled sentences, jumbled sentences, and then she's clear, says something it makes that something seem that much more truthful. Okay, so that's why she... I wondered that. I was like, well, why is she going to listen to her if she's rambling? But you're right, she was quite clear about Lana's innocence and whatnot. I mean, psychics, like, uh, in, like the people who try to say they're psychics, mm-hmm. they use the same tactic with, uh, with people. Um, uh, like, they, they burst in and out of, like, things like that. And it's like, avoid trains. Avoid trains. You're going to be hit by a train. Then they go back into it. It's like, you're, what are you going to pay attention to? You're going to pay attention to the random jarling, or you're going to pay attention to the one time where they're speaking lucid to you. So that's the kind of writing tactic they use for Jude. So now Mother Superior is going to try to get uh, Lana out of there. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. my prediction, and that's how Threadson's going to be outed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm sure he's going to have some fun in the asylum before he's outed, because. Bloody face is such a big thing in the future. Like Dylan McDermott says, my father is bloody face. So he know. Yeah, he said my father's Oliver Threadson. Right. So he they know that. in the future, they know Oliver Threadson's bloody face. So the tape obviously gets out to the public. So that's how I believe that it does. Mother Superior gets Lana out of there. Um, with Kit, that's the last we see of him is with uh, uh, Grace and the baby mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think maybe he did take a back, back seat because they were closing out these other storylines. Yeah. That, that's why. Because, yeah, he didn't do a lot this episode. But, I, I mean, you still got to mention him, get it all out there. Sure. So that's it for Kit and Lana. Let's go ahead and talk about the terrible things that happened to Sister Jude real quick. Oof. Yeah. So she is being very... Basically, Eunice is taunting her the whole episode. Eunice is taunting her. They do a, uh, they do a room check, and Eunice obviously, obviously Jude did not have the zucchini in her room, but Ju- but Eunice pulls it out and is like, "Oh, learn a thing or two about from Shelley, did you?" And that's when uh, is that a zucchini or a cucumber? Huh? Cucumber. Okay. Eh, you know they're all. They're Let us all. know what phallic symbol it was, guys. Please <laughs> at four two four two five six seventeen twenty nine. So she says, "Punish me." Eh, well, Jude, you probably shouldn't have said that because the next thing you know, you're in electroshock therapy, and Arden says, "Don't bring it up over fifty, and she puts it up to eighty and fries her freaking mind. Jude, I mean that's that's like the end of that's the end of Jude right there. Not really the end, but for the time being. Is there recovery from that? You know, let, let's say after, I mean, is that temporary? You know, if the, you take it at that level, is, is that something that's going to last a few weeks, a few months? I'm not familiar with electroshock therapy, sorry. But, um, you know, that's something good to find out. Let me look at the chat roll if we have anyone on there that can answer. But let us know, guys, you know, if it's temporary, something like that. Because I feel like it's temporary, but on the medication, she can't recover from it. That's that's how I was getting the feeling of it, because mm-hmm. like uh, what uh, the Monsignor says to her is uh, the medica- the medication dulls your motor re- sense mm-hmm. reflexes. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it dulls the mind too. So trying to, it's like if you're really really drunk and you're like stumbling around, then somebody starts giving you like a muscle relaxer and like a something to make you stupid, and you're like not gonna know whether you're drunk or whether it's the medication. You're just confused and you're confused. So what does that mean? What does that mean for Jude then? I mean, is she just gonna, you know, if it's temporary, but she'll still have lasting effects? I imagine. I feel like Jude's gonna kill Threadson. I feel oh. like there's gonna be her, because she was trying to put things together. She looked at every single uh, resident and was like trying to name them, put the names to them. So she's slowly collecting her thoughts, but then when she talked to Superior, she was all over the place again. I feel like there's going to be a very big climax of things going on and Threadson's going to do something or try to kill Lana or something and Jude's going to have that moment of lucidity and just kill him. So you're saying because she's also the first one who knew who Eunice was. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of like the observer, the watcher. She sees all. She's the first one. She's like the Paul Revere of the group because she saw that Eunice was a demon and no one believed her. 
So you're saying, you know, that she can put an end to threats and she's the one that ties everything together. Well, when you see what was the uh, the imagery for this season was the the Mary with bleeding eyes. Right. And it's kind of like the tainted Mary. um, What's what's the word I'm looking for? Symbolism, the tainted Mary symbolism. And she, in a way, is like she's tainted, but she's also pure. So Eunice, Eunice was pure and then became completely tainted. Jude was always like the more mortal, mortal purity. And I feel that she's going to be the martyr character in the, se- in the season. Because okay. she's always trying to gain redemption for her past things when she thought the girl was dead, when she like did all these things, like especially after finding out who Arden was, she chased it so fervently to get redemption for uh, Anne Frank. I mean, she's going to be, I'm, I'm sure she's going to probably die in the end of the season saving somebody else. She, she definitely has that martyr feel to her character, especially now that she's like how she is. And so, um, yeah. I was going to say, since we're talking so much about Jude, so let's talk about your favorite scene with Jude, the dance, the name game dance. No, I have. I do have a favorite scene with Jude. This this uh, this episode? episode. Okay. I didn't like the name game dance, but when she's talking to Monsignor with the bread, and he's like telling her to knead the bread and stuff, sure. And he's like pouring it about what he's supposed to do with Eunice. He's weak. He's weak. And she says, "Kill her." I love that scene mm-hmm. because, I mean, you don't. Jude's Jude's uh, solution to everything is never kill somebody, and then now it's kill her. I mean, she knows the devil's in it, like the devil, the devil, the devil. She's exhausted every other avenue, so that's all that's left. But um, so I'm the gonna, name game. I want to bring up the name game. Right. I know. And I was going to save it for predictions and news and gossip and all this, but there were clues on tonight's episode for what to expect in season three. And, he, and Ryan Murphy said himself in EW that this episode was going to have a big clue, but it was going to be quick. Oh, it's probably the 70s. Uh, like the the clothing motif, no? Maybe, maybe. Well, but I was I, I've been reading the boards, and there's a few there's a few theories. They definitely think it's the jukebox scene. They definitely think it's I put a spell on you. So people are theorizing that it could be witches for next season. Okay. And Ryan Murphy was talking about that he's gonna he's going his theme for next year is gonna be like more of a glamour horror, glamour glam horror. So I think, yeah, so he, wa- he wants a Romeo and Juliet t- style of type of romance in the storyline as well, kind of like in the first season. He said he really missed that, for, he, that he didn't have this in this season. But if you listen to the music, I put a spell on you. So people are thinking witches, Salem, perhaps. And, I can it, see that. and other people are theorizing that it could be actually voodoo. Because and and another tip could be that um, Jessica Lang actually is looking. I don't know if she bought a house already in New Orleans, just, just right now, hmm. for the next season. So because they're looking, they're looking to shoot out in an, another historically horror horror filled locale. In what better place than New Orleans? And that would that would fit the put a spell on you motif with the whole bluesiness and everything. Exactly. My my only. Um, what place did that song have? To the episode. Remember, everything is done with reason, with a reason. That was when Eunice put it on for Jude. Uh-huh. Eunice put it on for Jude after she did electroshock therapy, making her basically loopy. She put a spell on her. Okay. Um, the only reason I don't necessarily agree with that would be season three is because it's too obvious. Well, he said because he did he did that last season as well. Okay. Was he, it pretty obvious last season? Last season it was with. Um, Lana's character, um, uh, played by um, oh my gosh, I just I just blanked on her name, but um, Lana's character last season when she was the median, and the medium, and she was telling them, "Do not underestimate the mental health system and the asylums." Okay. And it was a nod, and that was the nod for this season. I know, but that's like a quick sentence. This was a three-minute scene, and, 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 so, and you're right because he said it was really quick. This, yeah, the, this the, was like a. Okay, so then here's the second theory. It's in the same scene. Okay. When they, when they were about to play, I'm going to put a spell on you. If you look at the jukebox, for some reason they made sure that they, they placed the record on top and it said Congress on top of it. I don't know if you noticed that. I saw that, yeah. Why? You know, so, I'm, I'm, you know, some people have even theorized it could be in a... He could... 
maybe go after the political system because he's gone after gone after religion and supernatural and he said maybe you know because he does like to make those political statements so it could be something involved with politics as well this is all these are all theories you can go online and see them but it makes you think if you watch rewatch the episode why would he put those things in there I'm going to go outside the box on something real quick of course. and say that my theory for next season is going to be the clue that they gave was during Pep- what Pepper said. That's, that's the other one. When, uh, when, Pepper said, when Pepper goes on kind of a rant about blaming the, blaming the freaks and blaming the freaks on this, like, my sister was the one who cut the baby's ears off, but I got blamed because I was the freak. Yep. I feel like that was like something that pertained to Pepper's character but could definitely pertain to what they could be doing next season. So maybe like a circus, a carnival. Yeah, like some, something, somewhat of a circus kind of carnival thing. I think we would even speculated on that a few weeks ago, like what season three could be, you know, because you have so much to draw from, from a circus. I know we got off on the tangent. And, no, we're good. You know, but now, um, now we're, we were talking about um, Eunice and... Well, we were talking about Jude, but we kind of finished up Jude. Let's, because we already talked about her and Mother Superior, let's talk about... The Monsignor, his conflictions, and Eunice. You nice. I'm so sad that she's. I'm. I'm devastated she's gone. But yeah, her character kind of went up in flames. And ha ha ha. No. Um. Now Ryan Murphy actually did mention because I thought maybe he'll maybe she'd come back, but in, in the article this week he said it, it She's gone. The, the, the demon is gone. So that blows that whole theory of the demon going into someone else. Yeah, pretty much. I well, you never know. Okay. You never know. Okay, all right. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but... We're torn. Like, literally, I know we had three weeks off, and it, it's taken us a second to get back into it, but because there was so much. I kind of... I'm, Did he say Arden's not coming back? I didn't... Did he say... No, I, that I did not read. Okay, because I, honestly... Arden was such a scientist, I, I don't believe Arden would jump into the cremation chamber with her without injecting himself with his own serum. Okay, do you want to talk about Arden? I know we, get, we still got the Monsignor and Eunice, I mean... Okay, fuck it, we'll do Arden. <laughs> that was a quote. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, I'm here to... Because def- I'm with you. I was like, Arden is the big bad, one of the big, big bad guys, and for him to die just like that, sheepishly, and just in the end, this whole episode, he was just basically on his knees. It denied his character. But wait. All right. Go. All right. Spit some hot fire at me, JC. <laughs> okay. Now, with Arden, his whole life, he got everything taken away from him. When Pepper told him, we laugh at you. Your experiments. They're nothing. You are nothing. That's his life worth. That's where his part of his identity, most of his identity is wrapped around his experiments, about his eugenics, about what he's doing to further science. And when he's found out that he's a fraud, he's nothing. Basically, it's like everything of my life's work is nothing. And I think that was kind of like, uh, would, it, would it be a metaphor for that's when he just shot them? Because they're nothing. Pepper told me. The aliens even told me my work is nothing. It's meaningless. So that's why he just he got rid of them so nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that tells me another thing. He loses that part of himself. And then he loses Eunice. What else does he have to live for? Nothing. And it's poetic and this is, I know this is, super, this is sensitive material. He gets into a, 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 a cremation machine. You know, he gets cremated. And that's what he was doing, you know, in, the, in, his, in his times with the Nazis. Yeah, that's true. So it was kind of poetic. It was just kind of like an... Ins- poetic justice to the Nazi camp guy who mm-hmm. gets burned alive. And it makes sense that his guilt would catch up with him to a point. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying I didn't like how they did it so quickly. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it does it does make sense because his. Uh, I was with you. I was mad. I his, was. His biggest thing was the greater good. He was well. The great, I mean, he the, was evil, but he was playing it off with the greater good. Um, I am doing these experiments for the greater good. Mm-hmm. What is what is these five people that I'm experimenting on for? What I can do for the human race, and then when the aliens are doing it and Grace is still alive, they do more than he can do while hurting people, and it's like, okay, well, if I'm nothing, then what have I been doing all my life hurting all these people, and I haven't even accomplished anything? So it's kind of a mixture of guilt, he's a failure, all that stuff. I still didn't want to see him go that like that. But, okay, so... Was there a different way, another way for him to get out? I, 
I know. I'm, I'm with. I'm with you. I, I was. I was mad about it, but then, like before driving driving into the studio, that's that's what made me think about it. I'm like, you know, we were. You and I were both so quick to judge. Like, what an easy out, but it wasn't. I mean, he got everything taken away from him, and in that moment of loss, you do drastic things, and that's exactly what he did. He had nothing, nothing left in life. Well, he tried to kill himself earlier in the episode too, and Eunice is the one that stopped him. I'm trying to, I'm trying he to put a gun to his head oh, and that's right, that's right. said, I, for, I forgot to write down what he said, but it was uh, something in Latin, I believe. And then he just couldn't do it. And then he hugs Eunice and is like, have pity on me. And then she shoves him away and walks away. And see, and, that, and that's great that you brought that up as well. I mean, this is the man who was never seen as meek, weak, sheepish. And for him to say that, I mean, and that's why she lost She lost all respect she could have for him you know he, he was nothing so once again it's just it leaves him at ground zero yeah. it, it was his arc was done you know I, I guess it's just it just takes us time to really break down what what they you know what they were doing with his character and it's i i i take back what i said earlier I, I, it was smart i mean but he's stubborn i would have liked to see him like try to do something against the aliens or something like that because, I mean, they humiliated him. I, he's not one to be humiliated and just take it like a bitch. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought he'd be humiliated and come back from it and do something to shove it in the alien's face. Sure. And, and he probably wouldn't, would have done that, but it was the one-two punch. The yeah, loss of, the the loss loss of, of Eunice. Eunice. Yeah. Yeah, he has no... It, it, that's, that's exactly what happened. So now, in a... I hate to sit and, you know, he's gone, but it's going to streamline the show now. Now we're not going to have all these crazy storylines that we have to put together. Every, every week, there's so many layers to the show. And, and now it, it's going to be focused on the last pillar remaining. Now I was going to ask you, do you think it's kind of like, um, is it almost seem like, I want to say almost predictable the way it's going to end? Even though, it's, I, even though I can't tell you what's going to happen, but it just seems like it's going to be like a, tied up with a nice little bow. Like, now we've got Arden out of the way. Next week, we're going to get such and such out of, out of the way, you know? And, and then last... I don't know, just... I want some more surprise. I want something that'll make me, you know, just question even myself, be mad at it, be happy at it. I have, uh, I have something that I just thought of that might might be able to happen that would surprise me if it happened um do share do share dylan mcdermott in the present is uh going to you're going to see him at the end of the series Mm -hmm. with uh zachary quinto like a father son like like together like both of them are alive together see okay so see something like that It'd be, it'd be intriguing. It would, it would leave it open for him to teach his son the ways, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't know. I, just I, want, I could see that happening. I just want something unpredictable to happen. Now, yeah. it start, I, I know, I know fans write us, but seriously, it's just like, oh, I'm having a tough time with this season. I'm, I'm having a tough time with it. I really am. I, you know, and I'm, I'm a fan of it. And I, 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 in a way, I can't wait till season three. I, there's someone out there right now who's like, so who who knows everything has like watched them all in, in sequence. It's like you guys are idiots. This is how it goes together like this, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. It's 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 just confusing to me. Um, let's. I want to talk about the Monsignor. Okay. Because he was actually kind of a badass this episode. Really? Okay. Yeah, man, getting laid, <laughs> killing people. <laughs> it was like an act. No, I'm just kidding. But no, he. Uh, so of course we see. Actually, uh, before we finish up Arden, we can't we can't end Arden without giving the shout out to Pepper. You know, um, it opens Arden finds Pepper, and Pepper gives her whole scene about her whole speech about the the freaks and people blaming on the freaks. And then Arden tries to do like a C section and doesn't work. He tries to do the they they knock the knife out of his hand. Mm-hmm. He tries to do the X ray, and Pepper won't let him. And he insults Pepper, and then she kind of gets back at him. That's when she goes with the whole. Uh, whole like you're nothing thing so it was really fun and then the next scene uh or no no that was just what i want to throw out with arden monsignor and eunice so monsignor is in bandages with his stigmata Mm -hmm. to a point and we have a little flashback of what the angel the dark winged angel said to him and it was not what we thought she would say to him 
because I mean we we thought that he was going to like she was going to take the kiss of death or something, and then when we find out what she said to him, she basically gave him his purpose, which was there's a devil in this asylum. You still have work to do. So what you're saying? So was this his chance of redemption? Because he's he's always been seen as weak. Through his, because of his ambition. But now he had a chance to make things right by showing strength because he even said, I don't have the strength. Yeah, his ambition is his weakness. And mm-hmm. that was his major like, character flaw in himself. I mean, we see it when he, when he strangles Shelley for Arden's purposes because if Arden goes down, he goes down. Mm-hmm. We see it when uh, he covers for Arden against Jude when he knows Arden's the Nazi. I mean, he's, his ambition to get to the Pope is what Eunice has been playing on him the whole time. And even in this episode, she tries to play it on him. And this is when he finally overcomes him, over, overcomes it. So the angel of death basically tells her Eunice or uh, the devil is in Eunice. You need to get rid of it. The rosary will protect your thoughts. So then it's, it's interesting seeing the acting that, uh, Lily Rabe does when, cause you can, cause it like, you can tell that hint of, I don't know everything when usually she has like the utmost confidence. Now she's like looking at him like, because he has the rosary in his hand. She can't read his mind, apparently, because that's what the angel said, and God's on his side. Um, so then she sits on top of him and takes his virtue, wearing the red lingerie of Jude. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. What did, he, what did he say Okay, I had, a, I had a little... Tr- oh, well, that's just personal. You know, I even read it off a, a, off a board. Someone said, you know, if I have, like, a demon on top of me trying to have sex with me, I am not going to get aroused like I was the senior, even though it was his first time. But you have, like, this, the spawn of Satan on top of you. I, you know... It's, it's a pretty hot spawn of Satan, though. It's not going to work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... But he, but he still went and, yeah, he got deflowered. He got well, they, they, well, they both they lost, both did. They both lost. And, Mur- and R- Murphy said that, Ryan Murphy said that there were going to be a couple people that lost their virginity on this episode. Who would have ever thought it would have been those two? Yeah. I, right. never, I never thought that. So. I, I wasn't thinking that either. So, yeah, that happens. And that's when he kind of goes a little crazy, goes, talks to Jude, and does the whole bread scene where he talks about uh, he doesn't know what to do, he's too weak. And then we see him again talking to, uh, well, first of all, Arden sees them having sex. Which leads Arden to the to go and shoot the things, um, but then we see Monsignor and Cunis uh, at the very top of this railing, and she's talking about doing it again and like taking it again, and he won't let her. He doesn't want to, and she's not asking permission. He's like, she likes it that he wants to kill her. She mm-hmm. knows that he wants to kill her, and she's, like, naming out things, like, oh, are you going to bludgeon me over the head with that? Are you going to stab me with the letter opener? Blah, blah, blah. And this whole conversation has them walking. It leads her to the balcony when finally she grabs him when he says that he's not going to take her up on the offer to be pope, not with devil, not with the devil. And he's like, I know that, uh, I know that Eunice is still in there, her purity. You ha- she's, she's a fighter or something like that. And then suddenly Eunice comes out to the fray. And is like, I'm tired of fighting. I need to let go. Like, she's done. Like, the demon was going to take the last bit of her soul until... And then Monsignor's like, let go. First, you can just let go of me. As soon as she lets go of him. Yeah, he got strength out of nowhere and just tossed her like... He tossed her like nothing. I wasn't... I was not the only one who thought that she would, like, stop, like, a foot off the ground. Oh, you thought that? Really? Totally thought that she would be, like... Because you saw, like, in her eyes that she's still Eunice, or still the, the real Eunice. I thought, like, a foot off the ground and, like, go back into the glazed over and just stop. Hmm. See, and, and quick, I, I wonder now, I, I earlier on theorized that maybe that the demon went into Kit's baby, but where does, where does that spirit go? Did, did it fly back into um, I mean, Monsignor? Because here, okay, Monsignor, everyone has a challenge. His challenge was to get over his own, his own ambitions. And you said it right there when she once again mentioned his chance to be, to be Pope. And he said no. Mm. You know, so he passed his challenge. Is that because that's it? That's his, that's his arc, really? Because where do you go with his character? That's true as well. I don't know. I mean, I think he'll just be the one that helps, that kind of helps Jude out now to get the people out or something like that. Um, but, but what if the demon flies, flies into... The Monsignor? demon's gone. 
Demon's gone. Demon's gone. I mean, my theory about Lana's baby with the demon, I mean, it was cool, but it's it's not true. Because the angel of death says, uh, this is good night to both of you. True. Yeah. I mean, it was it was both of them. Um, another thing about this series, I mean, that was another thing they just kind of pulled out of nowhere, was the angel of death. They opened the episode with the guy cutting his wrist and drawing the symbol, and suddenly there's the angel of death there. Mm-hmm. That was out of nowhere, too. <laughs> You're not feeling it. Man. I'm not. I'm not feeling all these things coming together, but because they're coming together out of nowhere, it's like a puzzle that you that like you don't have all the pieces at the beginning to, and then like you get a third of the way through, it, and then somebody's like, "Oh, here's another third, and you're like, "Oh, like yeah." Uh, uh, didn't they kind of they kind of did that in the first season too as well? You get bit by bit, pieces by pieces as each episode. But at up. least you have the whole outline by this third episode. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they <laughs> went a different way at it, and and that's why I always say like the fans, they're our third host, they're our third and fourth host. Yeah, there's stuff that we're not picking up, and we're all fan- all together. We're all like. And after you know, uh, American Horror Story, Asylum Nation, that are, we're just trying to figure it all out together. So, guys, help us out. Be be our extra co-hosts and let us know what you think. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, even on, on YouTube as well. Let us know what your theories are. If we're getting it right, what are we missing? Because we're trying to make sense of season two, and you know, and I love the concept of it. But like I said, I can't wait till season three. And, and I'm a super fan. So, I mean, I'll. I might change my mind with how it ends. If it ends really well. We got three left. So you Yeah. Know, so I'm, oh, I mean, if, if it ends really well, like if, depending on these next episodes, uh, my rating of the season will go up or down. All right. But I don't know. Um, so then we have the final scenes with Arden and Eunice, where Eunice is now dead, and Monsignor is... Uh, in the room with Arden, and Arden's basically like, well, she fell off the third-story floor. You're the one who let her go. Um, and he's like, oh, well, she's just a blessed soul. And then there was a the really interesting thing Monsignor said about um, Saint something. I forgot the name of the saint. Where when, her, when she died, when she died, the room was, the, the building smelled of roses for weeks on end afterwards. And Arden's like, well, what do you smell now? Nothing but decay. So it's like, the demon is dead. Is that that was kind of like the eulogy of the demon was all I smell is decay. The demon's gone. Okay. All right. Um, oh, here we go. We got some fans writing in right now. Actually, let's see. Guest two nine nine. Angel of death said she'll take both units, and eh, they mentioned it just the same time you did. Yeah. There we go. I mean, yeah. So I mean, then he says he wants to take care of the burial himself. Another interesting thing when when Monsignor's like, no, she's going to be buried, and Arden's like, no, she's going to be cremated. The demon has tainted every part of her flesh. And it kind of seemed, because I don't think he would have said that if he hadn't seen them sleeping with the Monsignor. And I think that's what he meant. Like, because it's okay if we have Eunice and we have the demon possessing her, but once the demon has tainted Eunice's flesh, Arden does not want her anymore. Okay. See, I didn't. I I was completely going the pervy route. I thought he was taking her for some reason. I thought he wanted to, you know. I thought he had a little necrophilia, you know. At the end, I thought that too, and then he, then he, then I saw him reach toward the button. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Don't do that, Arden. Don't do that. Don't go down that road. So then, in essence, so you know, we were jumping on back onto Arden slightly, and it's he never made the right choice. Never until well. he, until he killed himself. He gave himself his own justice. Even that's not the right choice. Come on. Okay. Well, think, think about what he could have. He could have helped Kit. He still could have helped Kit. He still could have helped people around the asylum. Like he could have tried to get his redemption. He's the only one who ran from redemption. Everyone else is seeking redemption. He's running from it. So he. So he never learned. So karmically, he could come back, like in season three, as something else to pay his karmic debt, perhaps. I, I definitely want to see James Cromwell in season three. I think he's a great actor. Yeah, I, I really enjoy seeing him on screen as well. And since they, they, he likes to change the character completely, can you imagine what he'd be next season? I think he'll probably be a preacher. Okay. Well, Wait. maybe maybe not a preacher because I hope they don't go with that road again. Um, you know those guys who are like the, uh, you know the the barbershop quartets. Where they have like the flat topped hats and the red and white striped shirts. Mm-hmm. The guys in front of the circus are like, come one, come all, see the f- 
I'd like to see him in that character or something and, like that. And that's if he does. That's if season three. If is they a, do that, it's yeah. a carnival. Well, you know what? I know we've kind of dissected most of the characters. I don't. I don't believe we've missed anyone. I thought of like an impromptu kind of um, special segment. So, who would you like to see in season three? Who are some of the characters? You know, because they didn't use everyone from season one. You know, um, they didn't use Violet. You know, and then. Um, I'm trying to think anyone else that I, that I want to see from season one that we didn't get to see in, in this season, or, or like let's say Mark De- Mark Consuelos perhaps, you know, who was Spivey. He was like a monster, and that's about you know. I'm that's sure that's all you got of him. Yeah, see, it's these underutilized characters that you know that are great actors that we didn't really get to see much of in the in this season or the first. I can't exactly name actors from the first one off the top of my head right now because okay. it's been a while since I've watched <laughs> it a second time. Um. I liked the guy who from people who were in season two that I want to see in season three. Yeah, I like the guy who played Frank, the okay. the security guard. I'd like to see him back in the next season. Um, of course, we're definitely going to have Zachary Quinto back in the season. I'm sure he signed on for it. Only Jessica Lange has signed has, has signed so far. I'm still pretty sure we're going to be seeing some Zachary. You, Zachary, you think even though he's got Star Trek and every, and his plate seems pretty full, he's got another film in the can as well. well so it's in the can, but um, he's got that in Star Trek, and you know that's going to take up most of the year. You'd be amazed. Okay, they knock out movies in probably two to three months of filming now. Two. All months. right, so we'll see. So, you, so you you want Zachary Quinto back? Okay. Zachary Quinto. I want to see Frank back. I want to see. I want to see Lily Ray back. Of course, everyone wants to see her again. I want to see Grace. Grace mm-hmm. is really good, and. I like her character, but I think she could play different characters better. Yeah, because she was the saint. She was the, the, you know, so she could be the vixen next season, perhaps. And what about Dennis O'Hare from season one, Burn Victim? You know, he's fantastic. He's a, Dennis O'Hare is a fantastic actor, I think. You can buy masks of him, too, you know. Okay, I yeah. did not know that, so. They have, like, they have, like, Halloween masks of, like, the half-burned face guy. And then we've got Watchtower Base saying, dun, 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 I have no idea what he has, has to tell us to add it to the episode, but yeah, let us know. I'm, I'm trying to think any, any other characters I'd like to see back outside of... I mean, of course... Dylan McDermott, and of course, you're, you're going to want Evan Peters, who yeah. he's, been, he's been central in all, all in the first two seasons, so... And it'd be great to see him as a bad guy again. I kind of like him more as a bad guy. You know, he didn't do... He hasn't done much for me so far. I, I just prefer him. It, it just seems like... You, 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 you can draw more from him when he's just on the other side, you know? This season, I just... He felt a little vanilla for me. So, with that said, um, I don't think we... Do we have, we've pretty much... We, we're getting the hook for our news and predictions, but um, I think all I have for news... We can go into news if you want. Um, Let's go into news. All I've got is that Entertainment Weekly... Um, article and it's pretty much everything we've talked about talking about the 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 musical number and saying that it it was very very much like glee and american you know for american horror story and and this is entertainment weekly saying this and ryan murphy's like never really thought of it going the glee route sure yeah no he just thought about the fun route and you know and he just wanted to play up sister jude's like shock induced you know therapy fantasy so it was mainly, it was just like a little bit of levity for such a heavy season and, and such a heavy episode. He thought he'd throw that in there just to change it up a bit. And, that's, and, and he also talked about, let's see, covered that. And, and kind of like what you said, when, when the Dark Angel ended up taking both souls. So is the devil gone? Did the, an, the angel of death take the devil away? And he said, I really love that ending for that character. Yeah. So that's pretty. So these are all, these are all question, you know, answers to the questions that we all have. And let's see, now that Lana and Threadson are back in the asylum together again, how is this going to play out? And will it be a cat and mouse kind of thing? And he said, well, we've kind of done that. So they're going to take it outside of Briarcliff. That makes and, sense. And I think you saw that on previews. They should see the previews. Oh, you didn't see the previews. Yeah, they have some. They have a. They have a scene that Lana's in like this. Her she's fully dressed. She's dressed to the nines, and she pulls a gun out. I believe on. I, I believe she pulls a gun out on Threadson, and you can see that they're outside of Briarcliff. So they're, they're getting out. Yeah. So they're getting out for these next these last three episodes. So, and, I, and next week's episode is called Spilt Milk. What is that referring to? And he says many things, and I will say it has the most disturbing opening scene we've ever done for next week. 
and it involves Dylan McDermott, M Dylan McDermott and a hooker. Lovely. Yeah, so that so be on the lookout for that for next week. So that's pretty much what we've got for our ET EW weekly update with Ryan Murphy and his thoughts and his feelings about this season of American Horror Story. With that said, shall we move on to predictions? Do it. And now you're after Buzz TV. What do you, I love the lights. Predictions. What do you feel? What do you what do you see in these last th last three episodes? Um. Now that the devil's gone. Because you said the devil's going to be bloody face, right? So what's what's that going to do? Well, not not at, not at once, man. You go ahead. Damn it! You go first. I you know it's so hard with this show to have a prediction because um, okay, basically, I think we're going to lose a few more characters next week. Okay, and that's a given, you know. But um, we will have a birth. We no, we we can't have. A birth. We already had a birth. I'm trying to think. Let's see. Any anything else that we could have? I am going to say. I'm just to, to to go against what you said earlier. Ryan Murphy said that they're going to jump to four more timelines in the last three episodes. They're going to go like 64, 65, 81, and present day. Okay. So I'm thinking we're going to find it. I'm just throwing it out there, just to throw it out there that. Um, not this episode, but the next one. Present day bloody face will be dealt with. Okay, he'll I, be he'll be killed. And I said it about six weeks ago that it was going to be Lana that was going to kill him, and I'll stick to that. Okay, I think Lana's definitely alive in present day. I think that we will have a scene between Dylan McDermott and Lana. I think that uh, this is just a random prediction, but the accelerated growth of the baby that was in Grace. I'm sure that we're going to see the baby growing at an exponential rate, and maybe even a teenager by the end of the season being a clone of Kit, perhaps, and, uh, I mean, they ended so much, I, I'd have to watch the episode again to come up with anything that's actually a good prediction. <laughs> with that strong finish! No, seriously, like, <laughs> be because anything I'd, like, want to think about, they killed off, so, like, I I'd have to go home and watch the episode again, watch a, a few of the previous episodes, be like, okay, so they're going this direction, this is what could happen. All right. All right, so with that said, we're getting the hook. And a, a quick shout-out to Marissa. We didn't say hi early on. Marissa, thank you so much for just being the best engineer we got back there. Aw, you're welcome. Woohoo! <laughs> now, right. with that said, where can they find you, Stephen? You can find me on Twitter, at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. And Marissa, since you're here like 24-7, where can people find you? I am at Serafini TV nice. on Twitter. Serafini TV on Twitter. Okay, and you can find me at The Everyday Man. And Happy New Year. All right, good night, everybody. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Subscribe. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.